Hello and welcome to another episode of For the Love of Sports. My name is Michael Rozil and my guest today is Ryan Delaney. He's an integrated marketing manager at The Post Game. But the reason why I wanted to have Ryan on is to give people an understanding of what it takes to get a job in sports. Ryan got his first full-time job only about a month and change ago as of the release date. But it's everything he did before then to get the job is why I was excited to have him on. He's worked for an NFL agent. He's worked game day for the Washington Redskins. He worked game day, multiple game days for the Long Island Ducks, a minor league baseball team. He ran the Sports Business Association at George Washington University. He did so much to get the killer job he has now before he ever got paid, essentially. Uh, Ryan was awesome. Super grateful that I had him on. He is so smart, so sophisticated, very well-spoken, and I'm really Really grateful you guys get to enjoy this conversation with Ryan Delaney. Okay, cool. It says it's recording. Okay, yeah, I just got that. Yeah, it popped up on your hand. Okay, let's hope the thousand times I clicked it, it doesn't ruin it. Uh, but until <laughs> then, we will rock and roll. Uh, it's a weird time, man. Technology, as you said, your Wi-Fi wasn't working to get on here. My Zoom doesn't want to record now, so we roll with the punches. We're working from home. We figure it out. Today's special guest, Ryan Delaney, Integrated Marketing Manager at The Post Game. Uh, for some really cool former stops that you've had along the way. You're an external assistant to Andy Ross, who is an NFL agent, partnership marketing game day intern with the Washington Redskins, recent graduate of George Washington University, where he ran the Sports Business Association. Ryan, let's see if technology lets us have this today. How are you? I'm doing well, Michael. Thank you for having me. Pleasure's all mine, man. Pleasure's all mine. It's a, it's a good time to do this. Uh, so again, let's hope the technology lets us lets us get our time in together because I think you got a cool story and a lot of people can learn from you. So, Brian, the first question on For the Love of Sports podcast is, why do you love sports so much? Oh, man. So I've loved sports my whole life. Uh, throughout it, I've found that sports are the one thing that unifies everybody, no matter where you're from, no matter what your background is, anything. It's something that in one way or another most likely touches your life. Whether you're an athlete, you work in the industry, you have kids or friends or whoever that plays a sport, you're or just a huge fan, of course, as all of us are. Uh, in one way or another, sports likely has some impact on your life. And I think that we see, obviously, with everything being halted, there's a lot less to watch on TV and follow. Mm-hmm. Yes, to, to say the least. Um, I mean, I'm just an all around huge sports fan as well. And I totally agree. It's just kind of, it's always been there, right? There's never been, a, you know, there's, it's always that the day before the all-star game and baseball and the day after the game, there's the only, it's like, this is weird. There's nothing on. Um, and now, you know, it's been, well, I, I don't know. It's been almost seven days at this point, six days, five days. I don't know. I've lost count. 
I'm going crazy and nothing matters anymore. It's just, it's nuts. But you know, we don't, we, everybody else is talking about the coronavirus and all the bad things that are going on. I want to talk about some positives because I think some people can learn from your story, which is why I'm excited to have you on. Um, and yeah, it's a weird time, but we roll with it, man. That means I just have more time to make podcasts because I don't care what's on after seven o'clock at night because nothing matters anymore. So, uh, we're rolling with it, man. And it is what it is. Um, and again, the reason why I wanted to have you on, I think a lot of people can learn from what you've done and, and how you've done it, and more importantly, the mindset that you've utilized to get there. Um, you know, as I said, I, I, I mentioned a couple of the things that you've done before you got your full-time position, one of which was external assistant to Andy Ross, who is an NFL agent. First off, how the heck do you get that job, man? That is incredible. <laughs> Thank you. Yeah, it was... Uh... It was really a great experience at the time. Uh, and I mean, still to this day, I'm so grateful for it, of course. Uh, I got that position through the director of sports management at George Washington University, Dr. Lisa Delphi Narati. Um, she knew. Dr. Lisa? She's incredible. I interviewed her already. She was amazing. She really is. And Look at that. I mean, she's an incredible person to know. Uh, I've, of course, you know, gained so many great, uh, insightful mentors and connections through her. And I've learned more than I can even fit into the time that we have today from her. And uh, it's, it's definitely, um, you know, incredibly uh, grateful uh, on my part to, to be able to have known her and been a student with her and worked with her. But she was the one who introduced me to Andy Ross. And he was, you know, happening to be in need of an assistant that summer. And long story short, it all worked out well. And I was able to to be there for him and be his, you know, right man, right hand man, so to say. And and what exactly did you do for him as an external assistant? Um, I read this all the stuff on the LinkedIn profile, but I don't need to read it out loud here. I'll let you uh, let you rock and roll with that. Of course. Yeah. So I uh, my main focuses were scouting upcoming NFL prospects for the, the I believe it was the 2019 draft so these were guys who were either in their third year of eligibility or their senior year whatever it might be they were likely going into the draft that year um, and he had sent me lists and I would go through these guys find everything I could in terms of their playing careers stats on the field accolades uh, as well as who they were off the field what things uh, weren't we going to find from their mm -hmm. play on the field? Because you can be an incredible athlete, but if you're you know, a bad person, that speaks volumes. And I don't know that uh, it's worth the gamble to draft somebody you know, first overall if they're going to you know, be a terrible person with the fans or you know, just uh, misrepresent your franchise mm -hmm. or your agency. So I was looking into anything and everything I could find on these guys uh, and trying to give uh, Mr. Ross a good deep dive into the background mm -hmm. of who these guys were, uh, as well as helping to build up um, pitch books for his current clients going into contract extensions that year. Oh, wow. Oh, that's that's a whole nother. Uh, well, we'll touch on that in a second. Um, one thing I thought that was uh, pretty interesting, as you said, you know, you wanted to learn who these athletes are off the field as well. And again, reading, reading your profile, uh, you know, what their favorite restaurants were and, and, you know, the hobbies and that stuff, like how that is, you have to be super resourceful to find a lot of that stuff out. Now, it's one thing if someone talks about PF Chang's all the time, a la Eddie Lacey, 
But, you know, it's one of those things where it's like, I'm, I'm sure you were doing a lot of diving. Like how, how much time are you spending on each of these athletes? How much energy, what, what resources are you putting into this? Obviously it's your job at the time, but like learning on the job too, right? Like how, how much did you learn just kind of just trying to deep dive and almost, you know, for lack of a better term, stalk some of these people? Yeah, no, absolutely. It, it really, at first, as I was going through all these pages, I felt like I was starting to get to know these guys because I like would know them so deeply based on all this research. And I would be, you know, starting off on the, um, the prospect lists and, you know, the draft booklets and whatnot, and, you know, getting the very basic general info. Uh, and then I would go to their school websites, read the background info on that. I would go into social media. I would watch old interviews. It was literally like anything I could find on them. I was going to like try to take a look and see if there was something worthwhile. So it got to the point where for some guys, depending on who the prospect was, because there would be guys who are, you know, big marquee, big name guys, like, you know, they have hundreds of hours of interviews and it just doesn't make sense to go through all of them because you're going to get the same stuff. And, you know, not every interview is going to be as telling as the next. Um, so I would start to learn, okay, like, you know, I'm going to give an hour to this guy right now. I'm going to try to find, you know, this info on, you know, what he likes to do off the field, what he likes to do with his friends and his family. Uh, and if I can't find it in the hour, I'm going to move on to this section about him and just try to compartmentalize what I need to be doing at each time, just making sure that, uh, it was all managed and in order. Otherwise, you could really fall down the rabbit hole and get lost in, you know, archives of, uh, you know, old interviews and photos and whatnot and articles that mention their name. So it definitely required a lot of uh, time management and preparation. Yeah. And I mean, it's just, it sounds, well, first off, did you get to meet any of the players at least? Get to go to the draft, no. anything like that? No? Unfortunately, no, I wasn't able to, but I, I, took pride in being able to help mr ross set that up and uh Heck yeah that was that, definitely that really is awesome easy. man and it's kind of cool knowing you got you had a hand somewhere in there you know you were a part of the team like his name's gonna be on it naturally he put in all the work he did all that stuff you were doing years ago before the internet even existed right so uh you know he deserves he deserves the accolades but i mean that is you know what what you're what you're describing seems like relatively not just heavy lifting but pretty important work, right? Like they're, they're not just going to let some random kid do this from college, right? So clearly you had to have done something. What did you do to set yourself apart? And, or, or how did, how did uh, Lisa, Dr. Lisa introduce you to just be like, he's the kid for this job. We promise. And I call you a kid cause you were 20, whatever at the time, but oh, obviously yeah. now you're, you're a man, you're an adult, but I mean, that's, that's very <laughs> impressive that you were able to land something this big while still in school. Thank you. Yeah, it was it was huge for me. And going into it, I I was, you know, the dream was to become an agent. So it was like, you know, the, the dream job in the works. Um, I, I was able to get it, I think, largely because of the work that I showed Dr. Narati I was capable of in the previous time that I had known her for. So throughout my time at GW, I was involved in the sports business association, as you mentioned. And through the other internships I had, as well as, of course, being a diligent student in her classes, I was able to show her that I wasn't somebody who was going to just take a recommendation and besmirch her name. You know, that was the last thing I wanted to do. The fact that she was willing to put her name on the line and say, like, hey, this 
this kid is is worthwhile. I think you should give him a chance. There was no way that I was going to to drop the ball, um, but to be able to have laid the foundation in advance through my internships, classwork, and work with Sports Business Association, I think is what you know gave her the the, the belief in me. Yeah, and and that's having a little extra accountability never hurt, right? Knowing someone else's name is on the line. Obviously, we the, our word and our name is the only thing we have, but that little extra push when you know it's someone else's word and someone else's name that you have there which i think is great and yeah man i think it's awesome uh you know just the opportunity to get something like that so you said that was the dream uh is it is it still a goal of yours to become an agent of some kind i know it's you know having seen that world i'm i'm so grateful for it and like i said it was an amazing opportunity but it it you know introduced me to the fact that you know, it's not the area that I'm most interested in, which I think as a student, as an intern, that's like the second greatest thing that you can take out of the internship. Either, okay, this is what I want to do. Let me get a job with them. Or like, you know what? I'm, I'm happy I did it, but not for me. At least I experienced that back in college. At least I had that opportunity and I was able to, you know, focus on something else. But, uh, you know, having been able to see that life and, you know, been able to experience just a, a minor taste of it. Um, it just, for, for a lot of different reasons, I realized that, you know, going forward, I wanted to focus on the more, uh, the sports marketing side of things as opposed to like the athlete representation. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and athlete representation, especially at that high of a level, um, it gets intense. So it's, I'm, I'm happy that you're able to figure out it wasn't for you. And it would have sucked if you went to law school to then come out of that and been like, you know, this isn't actually what I want to do. Sorry, mom and dad. But, yeah. uh, you know, thankfully you learned, as you said, it's the second best thing that you could get out of an internship. I completely agree. Um, and and I, I again, just congratulations on getting something like that. I think it is really cool. I you know I've I've spent a lot of not a lot of time, but I had I you know I spoke with uh, Dr. Lisa a little bit. She was she's such an incredible person. So I can totally understand where you're coming from and totally back you up on that one. Um, so that was one of the positions. Again, I, I'm really excited to get to talk to you about all of these things that you've done because you've only been working full time for like a month and a half now, if that. Um, but there's so many other things that you've done along the way. So uh, game day staff, as we said before, with the Washington Redskins, but also the Long Island Ducks, which is pretty cool. Um, so again, like what understanding that the thing about sports is we all want to work in it, but when are sports on? When everyone else is home. So getting that opportunity to work on game day staff, I mean, baseball is insane because it's almost daily. Football is, you know, every Sunday, essentially. What, what were those experiences like and what did you take from both of those uh, understanding again like that? Hey, I want to work in sports, but I also kind of want to watch them too. Yeah, you, you hit the nail on the head with that. I mean, on the outside, before you work in the industry, you think, oh man, like I, I want to be working the Yankee games. I want to be able to, you know, be at the Super Bowl. And it's like, yes, that, that is all great. Everybody loves that. However, exactly as you said, like you're not sitting in the stands, you're not behind the dugout, uh, you know, high-fiving the players. You're getting down and dirty working the whole time. You're lucky if you even know the score by the end of the game a lot of the time. Um, but yeah, I, I was able to, to get into my position with the Ducks after my senior year of high school. And it's, it's a crazy story how that happened. I knew going into college that I wanted to study sports management. Um, and at that time, 
the dream was to work for the Yankees. And because baseball is my favorite sport, grew up as a big time fan, played it even on the club team the first few years of college. Um, and there was an ad, or not even an ad, just a, an article in my local town paper for uh, this men's club meeting that was hosting uh, Michael Pfaff, the president and general manager of the Long Island Ducks. So they're in the independent baseball league. So it's almost like the minor leagues, you could say. Um, but he was speaking at this men's club meeting and my mom was like, oh, you should go. Like, you might as well, like, you know, take the opportunity to meet him. Maybe like something can come of it. And I was like, you know what, whatever. Like, I'll, I'll, I'll definitely go. So I get pulled out of school on a Tuesday to go oh, to this men's club meeting. Oh, there we go. All right. Yeah. I thought this was like a Saturday. Like, mom, do I have to go? Like, hell yeah. yeah. I'll get pulled out of school on a Saturday or Tuesday. Let's go right so it was a win-win for me um and i show up at the men's club meeting i'm in a suit and tie and it's me and all these like 75 year old plus guys and so i'm sticking out like a sore thumb and it's hilarious because they're like are you in the right place like shouldn't you be in school and i'm like oh yeah no no i'm here to see mr faff and uh you know, long story short, sure enough, he came, he spoke to the group and he took me aside and we spoke for a while. Uh, I took his card, reached out to him and it led to that volunteer internship. And I was really doing anything and everything they needed me to do from uh, ripping tickets as fans walked in the park, helping out with birthday parties, scrubbing the concourse between double headers, helping out with the promotions on field, like the t-shirt toss. So like the list goes on and on, but being able to have that experience when I was what, 17 years old uh, was huge because I would you know, be working all day. A lot of the time it was like 98 degrees outside. It's July, it's humid. You're working a double header. So you're getting back to your car after like 10 to 12 hours um, and it'd be 11 o'clock at night and I would be so excited to be able to come back and do it again. And I think that's when I realized that the industry was for me because exactly as you said, when you're on the outside, you think, oh, the glitz and glamor, being able to you know, represent LeBron James or go to the World Series, blah, blah, blah. But like in all actuality, you know, that's great, but only a small percentage of people actually are doing that. Um, and even if you are in those positions, you're grinding hard. Uh, so to be able to have that experience and be able to really get down uh, and and work hard and realize that I loved it, uh, I think was huge for me and wanting to continue that uh, that goal of working in the industry. And it's impressive, again, with baseball, as you said, you know, it's football is one thing. It's all day Sunday, right? You know that that's it. That's is what it is. You know, I've spoken with other people who've had game day positions uh, for NFL teams, and that's just what it is. You understand. But with baseball, especially in the middle of the summer. It's, it's Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, off day, Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday, right? So there's so much yeah. that you're doing. Um, and again, it makes sense that you loved it at 17, but how long do you really want to do that for, right? Like how long do you, because I've met many people that, that landed their dream job with the Yankees and they're like, honestly, there's 82 home games. And if they're on Saturdays, that means I'm there. If they're on Sundays, it means I'm there. But I'm also there during the week. I started missing funerals and weddings, and I decided this wasn't quite for me anymore. So it's always interesting to get the other side of it um, as well. And you were also game day staff for the Redskins too. So, Down, was this during your time at college? 
Yes, yeah. So that was during the fall, I believe, of my sophomore year um, at GW. So it was perfect because it was essentially an extension of what I did at the Ducks, just on a much larger scale, at least at first. Um, so because I was able to have that experience with the Ducks, I was so much more comfortable interacting with fans and helping out with activations and being able to, you know, just be jumping right in and helping out on game days because I knew what to do from my previous experience. Um, and then, of course, I was doing, you know, a lot of different activities with the Redskins as well. I was managing um, a couple activations we had with Bud Light, the party pavilion and social lounge. So fans could come to those. Uh, they were essentially like tents with different technology that fans could interact with. So it was everything from uh, the latest Madden to an interactive uh, kicking game that made it look like you were on the field kicking a field goal uh, and Oculus goggles mm -hmm. that allowed you to see a player's perspective running out through the tunnel. Uh, and then there was like a miniature combine as well. So it was it was really interesting to be able to see how Anheuser-Busch came and set this up. Uh, and then I was also able to help out with uh, an on-field activation with USAA, where I was escorting military members around the field during the pregame warmups. And then during uh, one of the first commercial breaks of the first quarter, they were honored by the fans up on the Jumbotron. That's awesome. So, yeah, it was, I mean, to be able to, you know, have my hands involved in two major activations alone was great but to be able to you know have them be so meaningful especially you know the usaa one seeing these military members and it's oh, the my time goodness, yeah. of everyone's life mm -hmm. you know like there'd be guys who were giants fans and i remember there was one game where odell was like 10 feet away from us running by and they were freaking out and it was like i was just like oh yeah no it's normal stuff and like this is low this is key as a, yeah, yeah yeah right like you're you're professional at all times of course but like deep down as i get home i'm like wow like that that was odell like that's pretty cool so it definitely uh you know because of my work with the ducks it was able to open the doors of the redskins and that was tremendous as well that is awesome man so we went ducks to the redskins you decided hey i might want to be an agent then decided eh, maybe i don't want to be an agent um <laughs> was it was it the time with the redskins where that marketing aspect you really started to enjoy that or when was it you were kind of like this is the route i want to take again because you've had so many of these different opportunities now you're only 21 22 years old most people don't get to this point until they're 25, 26. And by that time, they might have like a mortgage and kids, which kind of sucks. So they don't really have the opportunity to say, hey, maybe I don't want to do this. So when when did you decide kind of, I guess, what was for you uh, moving forward in the sports industry? Yeah, exactly. I mean, you, you said it right when uh, I was with the Redskins, being able to see brand activations and see especially like the big ones, USAA and Anheuser-Busch, as well as, you know, several different smaller ones. But that was my first exposure to true sports marketing um so that was i think where the seed was planted but nevertheless still at that time i wanted to be an agent so of course went on to work for select sports group and have that experience but then after realizing okay that's great like very happy i had that but not for me fell back to you know what what do i really like because i know sports is still for me having that uh experience with the redskins being able to work with the brands that's where i was able to focus and understand you know, this is the route that I want to take. I love it. And then one last thing before we get into, well, probably two more things before we get into what you're doing now with the post game, um, running the sport business group at George Washington University. I mean, that's 
huge. You know, I don't know, you know, tell us about the program, I guess, you know, how long the program's been around, what you did and, and how it helped you just moving forward. Yeah. So it's, uh, the, the sports business association has been around for longer than I was there at GW, uh, several years before me, but it would kind of peak and die each year, depending on who was on the e-board. And I remember when I was a freshman, the, the president did a tremendous job and she, uh, made it so interesting. And as a freshman, I was like, oh, this is an organization that I'm going to be a part of every year. And then after she graduated, it kind of went downhill. And then I got involved on the e-board in my junior year and helped rebuild it and kind of go through a complete restructure and rehaul of what they were um, set up as, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. kind of build that foundation from the ground up. And then, you know, come my senior year, I was able to build upon that and host interesting events that I knew would get the younger groups involved because I knew that was the future. I knew once I graduated, Mm -hmm. uh, I I didn't want it to die just like uh, it had when I was younger. So uh, I was able to, you know, lead a great group of uh, individuals who were all just as passionate as I was, which I think was great. Um, So to be able to have the opportunity to build out this plan in advance and lay the foundation uh, together as a team and then see that come to life. Uh, we would host really remarkable events, like not, not to be uh, like oh, arrogant, dude, but wax poetic, man. This is your time. This is your story, man. Let's hear it. I'm all, I'm all in. <laughs> it was, uh, it was definitely great to be able to, we did everything from, um, I'm trying to remember everything as it's like flooding back at the same time. We took a networking trek to New York where we met with companies ranging from, CAA to the NBA, Sports Illustrated, Bleacher Report, um, and had a huge networking event with alumni. We had um, John Miller and Ken Rosenthal, the MLB broadcasters, come and speak with us. We had a female leadership and sports symposium. Uh, we hosted an annual sports industry uh, networking conference mm-hmm. at GW, which was the most successful in my four years we it just the, the list goes on and on with the amazing opportunities that we were able to you know plan in advance and then actually see come to fruition so it was awesome to be able to have a group of s- such passionate people and you know to be the one lucky enough to lead them was was great because we were able to take an organization from a pretty desolate state to being named the top student organization in the school of business that year so it was all in all a great great experience that sounds like it and i will say one thing Uh, i don't believe in luck so i would not say you were lucky enough to lead them uh you earned it you did your work uh obviously again and uh it sounds like you kicked ass doing it uh that sounds fantastic i wish i was at gw at that time because i would have went to all that stuff um but no, man, I think it is is fantastic. And just a couple things I want to point out again, this is why I was really excited to have you on was you did all of this before you even got a job, right? And that's the thing about the sports industry is everybody wants to work in it because we all love it so much. You know, we spoke about it in the beginning. That's why I always ask that question. Why do you love sports so much? Because it is community. It is bringing people together. It does touch everybody's lives in some way, shape or form. And you figured out at an early age, you know, let's, let's, skip school one day. Thanks, mom. And, uh, you know, go talk to this, this older gentleman who I'm sure at 17, you were like, this is cool, but you didn't really put two and two together. You know, you probably look back on it now and be like, whoa, that was pretty cool. Um, 
you know, getting the opportunity to to work at all these games, volunteer, and then go to the Redskins and do more of that. And because you had that first opportunity, you get this second opportunity. And then, you know, networking and finding mentors like Dr. Dr. Lisa Delphi Narati. Yeah, uh, Lisa Delphi Narati. Thank you. I always mess up her last name, so I apologize to her. I did it. I apologize to her enough times, so I think she's okay with it at this <laughs> point. But, um, you know, just just all of these opportunities and, and finding her as a, and, you know, being really good in her class, of course, that's kind of like the the baseline, but then also showing her that you're capable of all these other things, especially through running this sport business uh, association or being a, a huge member of it. You then get this opportunity to work for an agent and an agency for some, again, high level stuff. You're not messing around. You know, you're putting pitch decks together for people who are going to get multi-million dollar contracts, you know, like that's pretty impressive. You're doing some high level work. So I just, just wanted to make sure we recapped all of that because that was before you got your full-time position. And anybody out there listening and understanding what you need to do is you have to put in a significant amount of work before you even get anything, right? It doesn't just come to you. It's not just like, oh, well, I did good in school. It's like, all right, so did everybody else. That's like the baseline. Like, you, what are all these other things? So, I mean, I guess, what would you attribute this mindset to of understanding that I need to do all of this work a, to find out what I want to do. I think that's very important. But B, to understand I want to put myself so much further ahead of everybody else that I'm the clear-cut winner for whatever a job I want. Right. Yeah, exactly. I mean, that's that's the thing. I, I wanted to be able to have these experiences at a young age. I, I've had, you know, I started having a job when I was 12 years old just because I wanted to work. I wanted to be able to you know, be a part of something. I wanted to make money. I wanted to, you know, experience these things. But to be able to get into college knowing first of all, that I wanted to work in sports was huge because I had so many friends who didn't know what they wanted to do. And then to be able to have all these experiences from the Ducks to the Redskins, even between the Redskins and the um, select sports group position, I worked for the Special Olympics as well. So it's just like tying all these things together, being able to do those, obviously, as you said, uh, being a diligent student and being involved in student organizations is great. But I think the big thing as well is networking. So, so many students are like wanting that end goal. And I, I heard uh, a quote recently and it was, everybody wants to uh, like have the, the light at the end of the tunnel or whatever it is, but no one wants to have that process. No one wants to go through the steps up the ladder to get there. And I think that being able to, to have that realization and understand like, okay, like I know what my goal is. I know where I wanna go. I know what I wanna do but I need to do all the little things to get there. I need to do all the things to set myself up to achieve that goal in X number of years is huge. So students, I think, uh, should have the, the understanding of, you know, what do I have to do now to set myself up about later? And I'm sure that we'll talk more about it. So I don't want to like take a complete. No, 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 no. Keep going. My next question was networking and putting yourself out there. So you're good. Keep yeah. going, man. You're killing it. Yeah. So, I mean, in, in regard to networking, uh, that was one of the biggest things that helped me uh, to be able to, you know. When did you up. start networking? So, I remember freshman year, I joined, freshman year, first semester, I joined a professional business fraternity. And I just wanted to be a part of this group because there were so many seniors in the business school that. I admired, I looked up to, and they were a part of it. So I figured, okay, if I want to be like these guys, I should associate myself with them and what they uh, did to be able to be at this, you know, great position. 
so to be able to have them as, you know, role models and guiding mentors through school, I think was great. And they would teach uh, me and my friends and impart knowledge on us. Okay, like this is how you get into this company. This is what you want to be doing now to set yourself up later. So I would go through LinkedIn and be reaching out to people, just sending messages, emails, whatever I could, just even calls are great too, just to try to learn about the positions. Everybody wants to call like, hey, like, can you get me a job? Can you hire me? Can you do this? Can you do that? That's not what it's about. Like, of course, down the line, if you're in need of a job, if they're hiring, if it happens to work out, great. But it's so uh, transparent when people are doing it with the sole purpose of getting a job. I would always be reaching out, wanting to genuinely learn about what they do, want to learn about their uh, position, their company, what that is like to see if I wanted to do it. Because I knew through my internships that not everything is what it seems to be on the outside. So to be able to have a candid conversation with somebody who's doing, you know, either a job or working at a company that I'm interested in would be, you know, even better. So I would say to students, like, don't always only reach out to the highest person you can. Of course, if you have a connection or a way to meet an executive or a CEO, that's obviously great. Take it. Yes, yeah, of course. Take never, that. never don't do that. Yeah. But don't limit yourself to just reaching out to those people. You know, having a conversation with somebody who's in a position that you would likely be applying for is just as good a lot of the time because they're the ones that are going to, first and foremost, be able to speak candidly to you about it and be able to relate to you more because they're, you know, younger and able to, you know, reflect on their experiences in, uh, you know, a more recent time mm-hmm. period than the older executives. Not to say, obviously, the older executives are going to be no, able but to teach you a lot more. But you make yeah. a good point, though. Um, you know, who's who just got the job, right? Exactly. Who, who's who was just looking for a job in the sports industry? Who just got the job that you are will most likely be getting? You know, you want to talk to those people and understand how did you do it, right? It's really it's not brain surgery. We're not re- trying to recreate the wheel. Hey, man, you got this job. I would really like it. You know, how did you get it? Like, what did you do? What did you do before? How did you, you know, what did your resume say? What were some of the things you had on there? They will most likely be able to help you more with that, right? Like, it's it's very, um, you know, if you think about it like that, it's pretty obvious, right? So uh, I just had a gentleman on the show, his episode released last week. And, you know, he was even like, there are so many people, there are interns out there. There are, you know, marketing coordinators who refuse to talk to other marketing coordinators. Well, in 15, 20 years, who are going to be the directors and the, uh, and the VPs, the people that you've been friends with or the people that you weren't friends with for the last 15 years when you easily could create those relationships and grow together uh, because you never know. Maybe they have an in. My brother is a nobody at a company and he golfs with the senior executive vice president of whatever, whatever every Saturday just because they one day started BSing. Turns out they have a mutual friend. So the three of them go and it's just, would you look at that? So now my brother is connected with one of the highest people at this company and He's a literal nobody. So it's just one of those things where talk to everybody, just genuinely be nice, learn how you can help other people, add value. That's another thing that you always have to do. Make sure you're bringing something of value to the table and there's a really good chance that something good's going to come out of it, right? It's pretty easy. Absolutely, yeah, 100%, 100%. Pretty easy, man. So now I want to talk a little bit about what you're doing now. So you work for the post game. No spaces. I like that. Just straight yeah. the post game. Uh, a digital marketing consultancy. So, um, yeah, tell us a little bit about the company, what you're doing there, and you know why content is king. 
Yeah, absolutely. So, I mean, the post game is first and foremost, I'm, I'm so grateful to be able to be there. I'll talk a little bit more about that, too, but I want to answer your question first. Uh, so we're a multifunctional sports consultancy and content studio with deep digital expertise and industry-wide relationships. Uh, and I could go on and on about what we do and why we're you know, uh, so great, but simply put, our mission is to make good companies more forward-thinking, more digitally, digitally nimble, and more profitable. So to you know, put it more directly, we are experts in the digital marketing space. Uh, and to be able to have this position, especially coming out of college, it's incredible. Uh, the, the bosses and coworkers I'm around are all really, truly inspiring. Uh, I would have never thought that I would have this amazing opportunity a year ago. Uh, and I mean, to all the students who are you know, nervous about finding a job, and if you have friends in other industries, a lot of the time they have their jobs locked up from the previous summer, it's, it's a process. But if you are diligent with it, if you work hard to find the right company and the right people, it it works out really well. At least it did for me because yeah. I, I couldn't be happier. No, man. And again, you put in all the work to get here. So it was, it's clearly very well-deserved. Um, I, I find it hard to believe that anyone had a resume like yours um, coming into just the job market as you did and you know, recently graduating and still having all these you know, again, running a sport business association is you're not messing around at 21, 22 years old. So clearly, again, uh, you, were, you were putting yourself out there, you're doing the right thing. So you guys, so at, at the post game, uh, again, this, as this consultancy, you're, you're in, in the digital space, experts in it. How, how do companies, I mean, I, I looked at the page a little bit, I saw the MBA pop up, I thought, saw Thuzio pop up. I mean, you're working with some pretty cool brands. What exactly do you do for them? And how are you helping? Yeah, so it's we we work specifically in the digital marketing space for a lot of them, and so we've worked with most of the major sports media properties and different capacities. So everyone from Fox Sports, NBC Sports, um, ESPN, USA Today, as you said, the NBA, Thuzio, the list goes on and on. But uh, it's we help them through consultancy work, digital marketing, making them. Uh, aware of different things that they might have not thought of at first, making sure that they're putting themselves in the best light possible to make more of a profit and set themselves up better for the long run. So it really is uh, an incredible look to be able to see, you know, from the brand side, from our perspective and bringing them to a, a higher level. And, you know, I can't talk too deeply about what we do, but in terms of uh, what I do, like I'm helping out with clients, I'm helping out clients with branded content and sponsorship packaging. So that's where my uh, soon to be expertise is. I'm yes. still learning the ropes right now. I was going to say, again, you know, <laughs> I got you real quick after you got the job. It's only been a month, a month and change. Uh, but again, I just, I, I liked your story up to this point. So I'm assuming I'm going to really enjoy um, the next couple of years you got going as well. And so you, do you, if, if I guess, I don't know, you answer what you can or, or what you can't, but are you helping sell sponsorship packages? Are you working more on the activation side and understanding how brands and these entities work together? Again, I understand you can't talk about everything, but like, what a, how have you utilized your previous experiences for now what you are and will be doing moving forward? 
yeah so i i definitely like get to of course learn everything from the bosses see how they go about doing their business working with the brands directly um but to i definitely think that the job that i took the most from would probably be my work with the redskins because there i was able to see how my boss went about working directly with our activators you know, bud light or anheuser bush excuse me usaa making sure that we were going about everything that they wanted to with their activations and going above and beyond the expectations in that regard uh and translating that into you know future business and expanding the the partnership so to be able to you know kind of have that experience prior bring it here and making sure that you know we're going about our relationships with clients in a similar way obviously you always want to be going above and beyond uh but you know having that you know expand relationships and take it into new ones and so on and so forth and with it with it being really like obviously focused in the digital space essentially solely if not you know completely um i guess those words are synonymous so my apologies i'm not i'm not great at this thing i just do this for fun um, no, I think you're great at this. <laughs> thanks buddy i appreciate it um how much i guess like boots on the ground are you and your company like are you going out there and filming some of this digital content again i understand if you can't tell me everything but i'm just kind of curious because i think it's a really interesting concept for a business yeah so uh like there's the consultancy side and then the content studio side so there's definitely like I'm not in that group. I, I wish that I had, yeah, I wish that I had that, uh, that depth of knowledge, but maybe someday, who knows? Um, but yeah, there's, uh, that content side that is, you know, involved in the production and whatnot. Mm -hmm. And so, Top so notch. it sounds like you're doing some really cool stuff there. And obviously again, we can only, uh, we only can get so, so deep into it. Um, without letting out some of those secrets out of the bag. But um, as far as for you, you know, being there only a little while, obviously, you know, you're going to continue to learn very weird time we're going through right now. You know, you get to hang out at home. Uh, you know, I'm sure you learned a little bit more in the office when you're, when you're with the rest of your team. But I guess, you know, obviously, again, I love your story and what you've done. And, and you learned that you didn't want to be an agent. You did learn that you wanted to be on the activation side and, and the, the brand partnership side. Moving forward, um, you know, we never know what the, the future holds, but if there is something that you could say, you know, this would be my number one job if I could ever get it, you know, partnership manager for the Yankees, like let's, let's, let's take it to the top. What is something that you're looking forward to in the future, 20, 30, 40, 50 years that you could say, wow, I can't believe I got this job. Huh. That's a good question. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's hard because it changes so, or at least in my experience. It oh, of course. Yeah. Changed well, yeah. I mean, that's why I laid it all out. That's the thing. Like right. I, we found out it, it changed before you even got your first job. So I think that, that again, that's why I wanted to ask it. Cause if anyone asked me, um, I don't really know what the answer would be. I think it would be fun to talk into a microphone for the rest of my life. And maybe in two years, I'm going to hate it. Right. You never know. So, um, it's worth asking. I always like to give the opportunity. If you have any ideas moving forward, commissioner of the MLB, I don't know. That'd be kind of cool. You could be Brian Cashman. Also pretty cool. <laughs> Not that bad. True. True. Um, I would say, honestly, like already in the little over a month that I've been working for TPG, I've learned so much about how they go about working with brands that it's clear to me that I definitely want to stay there. I want to be working with them. And with how much I've learned in just a month, I can only imagine how much it will be in several years down the line with them because I'm able to really have uh, input. I'm able to, you know, be working directly with 
SVPs and the CEO and the directors and whatnot. And to be able to see how they go about doing work makes me aspirational and wanting to, you know, someday be able to have that, that knowledge, have that ability to, you know, close a deal with a brand and make, uh, make this business work because like, you know, obviously coming out as a student, you're like, oh yeah, I want to be, you know, working directly with Bud Light and selling a commercial, whatever, like, okay, no, like you need to, you need to step back a little bit, but uh, it's, uh, I think that working with these brands, like I see my bosses are, would be really, really cool being able to, you know, uh, broker those deals. Absolutely. And it, it is fun. You know, the more you know, I started doing it a little bit the last couple of years and uh, the more you do it, you realize how creative you can be with some of this stuff and like just learning what other brands are doing and how they're working with other properties and just sitting down. You know, I have a friend who works in sponsorships and partnerships as well. And one night we just sat down and had a couple beers and we just brainstormed ideas for a couple of his clients. And we're like, wait, that actually sounds cool. Sounds like it would be fun. It would be fun to implement. It would be fun for the brand. It would be fun for the people involved. So the more you kind of just put your brain in there and just kind of talk this stuff out and just start thinking of cool ideas, the more creative you realize you are, as you were saying before, you know, you're not, you don't understand the breadth and the depth of knowledge that some of your other team members do on the content creation side. But the more you put yourself in there, the more you see what happens, the more you can study what other people are doing. And, you know, your ideas will come with time. That's the coolest part about creativity. The more you use it, the more you get. That's my favorite part about it. You know, just continue to use it and you're going to continue to get more. That's just how it works. So Ryan, man, this was awesome. I was a hundred percent correct. I thought you were going to be great. I was right. Um, do you have anything else? I mean, I think we got everything. You're going to share all your social medias with me so I can put them in the show notes, any other links, anything cool you got some articles out there. Uh, you know, obviously share, we share all that with me as well and put them in the show notes, but sincerely, man, I appreciate your time today. Absolutely, Michael. It was an absolute pleasure. And I'm, I'm still so humbled that you, you wanted me to come on. And, and I hope that I was able to help any of the students or people looking into to breaking into the industry. So thank you so much. I think you did an incredible job. Really appreciate it. One last time, Ryan Delaney. Thanks, Ben. My pleasure. Thank you all so much for listening to this episode of For the Love of Sports with Ryan Delaney. As I said, he is a super, super cool dude. So grateful I got the opportunity to hang out with him. So please make sure to follow him and everything. They're all in the show notes, all those links. You can find us somewhere, I'm sure. But most importantly, if you could give us a five-star review on Amazon, not Amazon, we're not on Amazon, that's ridiculous. If you give us a five-star review on iTunes, that would be super, super helpful and allow us to find more people to have on the show and more people to listen. That's the most important thing to us. So thank you all so much. Time's the only thing we don't get more of, and I appreciate you giving me some of yours, and I hope you make it a wonderful day. Yes!